All right, and now we are streaming across all of our digital platforms here on the KFES Digital News Desk. So that is over Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, all those great locations. We've got Jason Sides with us here today. He is a political science professor there at uh, Southeast Missouri State University. How are you doing today, Jason? Doing pretty good. How are you doing today? We're doing well. We're doing well. Um, with the storms abating, now we've got some time to uh, take a look at some of that that we were following there on Tuesday with the elections, you know, and uh, take a deeper look in terms of what what people are expecting, what they're looking at ahead of time, you know, what they're uh, expecting down the road. Um, but first of all, I wanted to look as well at some of our trends as far as what um, the outcomes were, because there were some pretty consistent uh, things going on across different counties, and that involves, at least the one I have in mind, um, the marijuana sales tax. Can you tell us more about what we saw? Yeah, so as we watched the results come in, what we saw was that um, by a fairly large margin, people were willing to support an additional sales tax being imposed on um, marijuana products. Now, what's kind of interesting about this is there are two things. Um, one is the margin by which this passed. If you look at the counties in the area, like Cape Girardeau, it was 74 to 26. Um, in some of the other counties, you saw a similar sort of margin. In Perry, it was 73 to 27. But what's interesting about this is that that margin or that size of margin is a little bit unusual because typically in off-year elections, when the economy is experiencing some troubles, you tend to see a more anti-tax um, vote across the board. Now, what's going to make this one a little bit different or a little bit unique is that it's focused on marijuana. Um, what likely happened is that the some of the local voters who were not in favor of legalizing marijuana um, went to the polls and said, you know what, look, we should collect some revenue um, from this stream since it's passed. What's interesting about that is just the number of people who kind of um, voted in that way. You know, I was expecting something a little bit more closer because the economy is experiencing some challenges right now, but uh, that's not what we saw. We saw a wide margin of victory. All right. Um, were there any other, any other interesting uh, surprises, anything that caught, uh, caught you off guard? Well, what's kind of interesting about this is that if you look at some of the school board issues that were approved, right, like specifically um, those impacting Jackson, you saw those pass. Now, again, the national economy is experiencing some difficulties, some headwinds. Um, in the past, in most situations, we would expect those type of issues to go down because people are experiencing a more difficult time at home. Um, their salary isn't going as far as it used to go. And typically those voters in that kind of position are not going to be inclined to vote any type of tax into effect. But what you saw in Jackson is people approve an increase in taxes to fund schools um, for general maintenance and then also to help improve facilities, right? 
Now, what's likely at work here is that those folks who are in favor of that tax um, probably spent more time organizing to create a more favorable outcome for their side. And in these off-year elections that occur in the spring, that's more easily accomplished, right? If you think about what's going on right now, um, there's a lot of things that are competing for people's attention, right? We have this election on Tuesday. Well, what else is going on around that time? We have the start of baseball season. The weather's getting better. Um, people are looking forward to the summer. Their minds typically are going to be on other things, not local elections. Well, in that situation, um, people who are advocating a particular position can really focus on those folks who are likely to go out and vote and not lose focus on that political issue. I think that's what you likely saw at work in Jackson in regards to those um, school funding issues. You know, the people who were in favor of them identified who's likely to support those um, taxes and then just made sure they got those people to the polls. It was close, but they still were able to do it by mobilizing the folks who were of a similar mindset. All right. Um, looking then at some of these issues that, uh, you know, have taken effect, um, as far as specific dates, you know, those, those kind of remain to be seen. But um, as we look ahead then, what should people be watching as far as, um, you know, how these play out, how, how they impact communities, uh, what, what will be interesting to watch in terms of, uh, you know, some of the outcomes? Yeah, I think the one thing that's going to be interesting is as we see, um, you know, the voters in this area approving more spending for the schools, that's going to be an interesting thing to kind of follow, right? Right now, like I said, and I, you know, we all recognize the economy is a little bit challenging. So the fact that people were willing to vote this into effect kind of might signify that there's a recognition here that um, the schools or you know, funding the schools is a good investment, right? If you look at the broader literature on political science, one of the things that you'll see is that well-funded, successful school districts tend to increase property values significantly. So if you look at states like Texas and Florida, and there's a lot more variance in school funding in those areas than, say, here in Cape Girardeau County. But the evidence we see in those other states where there's more variance is that people will move to better schools. Um, the people who live there will see their property values go up. So the one thing I expect to see from you know, these increases in school funding is an increase in the quality of education and facilities at those schools, but that in turn drive more um, demand for houses in those districts where the spending is going up. That'll benefit the students, but it'll also benefit the folks who live in those areas. Now, as far as the sales tax and marijuana, um, I think you know what you're seeing there is folks recognizing that, look, we can collect more revenue. Um, we tax other services at a higher level. This should be a similar approach. You know, we have people consuming something. Why not collect a little bit of additional revenue to offset any costs that might be incurred by the community? That one, 
you know, is not as shocking to me, but I think you're going to see more of a willingness among people going forward, generally, more of a willingness to tax certain goods that aren't deemed necessities, right? Um, you know, are people going to be more willing to tax food, clothing? Probably not. But I think what you see in this is people saying, well, those items that aren't absolute necessities, um, if it's a luxury, I'll support taxing it more. And that's going to be kind of an interesting trend. So it signifies, I think, on the part of those voters, more of a willingness to say, look, those things that are not essential or necessities, hey, we'll tax them, collect a little bit more revenue. Now, how that's, that revenue is managed and administered, that's going to be up for grabs. But I think right now it's interesting that in a difficult time, you see people willing to tax things more. Typically, that's not the case. All right. And, and just something to note is that... Um Oftentimes, you know, that that comes on the back end as well when it comes to um, the decisions being made about those income streams, as you mentioned, right, the, as far as those sales tax and those sorts of things. Those get decided on um, later on or were, were specific meanings attached to those. There's going to be some latitude typically associated with those sales tax streams. So, you know, depending on what the county government decides to do, um, some of those revenues will be funneled into different purposes. The question there is whether those funds are funneled to purposes that the public supports, right? Um, you can have an additional revenue stream, collect revenue from it, but if it's not being utilized in a way that the public supports, that's often going to create a lot more dissatisfaction among the voters than otherwise would have been the case. All right. Anything else to mention today before we wrap up? Anything else of note? I mean, the interesting thing is if you look at some of the out-of-state races, um, you saw some interesting dynamics there. So Wisconsin, you know, if you look at the races involving the state Supreme Court in Wisconsin, um, you saw that the Democrats were able to muster their forces to kind of have a more positive impact for their side on the state Supreme Court. In some of the other states that had off-year elections, you saw um, Republican strongholds witness more turnout among Republicans. So what's interesting about this is that in those larger statewide races that we witnessed Tuesday night, we saw more turnout among those states that were a stronghold for one party or the other. And that's going to be interesting because, again, you typically don't see that intense of a turnout, um, even in strong strongholds for one party or the other. So it says that there is more interest among hardcore Democrats and hardcore Republicans in politics right now. At this point in an off-year election, it's just not usually the case you see that much interest. So that's interesting. All right. Jason Sides, with uh, he's a political science professor at Southeast Missouri State University. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We appreciate your time. No, always happy to help and have a good one. All right, thank you, you too. And to our audience as well, appreciate you all being with us. And uh, just coming up in a few short moments, local news live, well, we've got that coming up right around the corner, but um, in a few short moments, we'll be back with you for Heartland News now at 4 o'clock. Thanks again, everybody. We appreciate you all.